0: have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Wow. Hi, everyone. Welcome to SDC
1: Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Alexi Silver. Have you ever experienced feelings of jealousy? Are you struggling with jealousy and finding it difficult to communicate those feelings to your partner? Do you want to know how you can successfully cope with jealousy and maintain a healthy relationship? Today, we're going to talk to Kitty Shambliss, relationship coach, speaker, educator, and the host of the podcast, Loving Without Boundaries, and the author of Jealousy Survival Guide. We're going to talk about what jealousy is all about and the healthy ways of dealing with jealousy and communicating your feelings to your partner or partners, no matter what kind of relationship you're in. Before we start our chat about coping with the green-eyed monster, and no, that's not a sex euphemism for once, I want to thank our sponsor, STC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive. exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you'll get access to a massive international network and dating platform of over 3 million members worldwide. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So I met Kitty at Southwest Love Fest in Arizona not long ago, and we clicked right away. We have a lot in common, and she's super easy to talk to, and you're going to get to hear that for yourself today. And I attended her workshop, Jealousy Survival Guide, and I thought it was super practical. I really learned a lot about how to be more empathetic when it comes to partners who are handling their own feelings of jealousy. And I know a lot of other people who are attending who are dealing with uh, issues of jealousy found it very, very useful to go through the exercise. Sizes and to talk about how to manage jealousy in their relationships and I really appreciated her tips so much and found her so incredibly insightful and I knew she'd be a great resource to share with all of you today so welcome Kitty thank you so much for being on my show
2: oh my goodness you're so welcome I am super <laughs> excited to be here thank you for asking me to be on I'm really excited because I get a lot of really
1: great questions from people who are in all kinds of different types of relationships of um, all kinds of different genders, all kinds of different sexual orientations. And everyone wants to know how they can deal with jealousy. And it's such a common thing to deal with, no matter whether you're in a relationship or not, or if you're polyamorous, if you're non-monogamous, if you are monogamous. So this is probably one of the most practical episodes that I'm going to be having. And I'm so excited to have all of your tips uh, to, uh, to help all of our listeners. (laughs)
2: Awesome. Well, I'm definitely delighted to be here and I'm really passionate about serving this community in general and just helping people have healthier, more satisfying relationships. So I'm I'm happy to be here and, and share whatever I can with your listeners. I guess the
1: first most practical question that I can ask you is, what's the difference between
2: envy and jealousy? Yeah, the way I describe it is... Envy is really wanting what somebody else has and in some ways that can be really beneficial. So for example, if somebody gets a promotion and you think, wow, you know, I want to do better in my career, you know, I want to work my way up the corporate ladder, that can motivate you to go get it for yourself. And you're not necessarily upset that the other person got a promotion, it inspires you and excels you to achieve. Whereas jealousy can really be based on on fear, so it can be based on fear of potentially Losing what you have, and then that fear can lead to possibly feeling intolerant or hostile towards, in, in the case of relationships, like a perceived rival, or also kind of guarding what you perceive as a possession of yours. So maybe your partner. So it can be really based on fear of loss, and there's it's very complicated emotion to it. Can also have you know some anger in there and anxiety. So really complex, but it's it comes the underpinning of it is really fear of loss. Mm-hmm. And I mean,
1: is that a personality thing or a relationship thing to to, I guess, um, you know, fear that you're losing someone or something, or is it maybe just, um, or is it both potentially? I actually wouldn't
2: necessarily put it in either of those categories. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, I mean, so you could argue that it's, it's both, but really, I guess some of the confusion around jealousy is just that it's another emotion. You know, so when you think about anger, you wouldn't necessarily put that in necessarily a personality or a relationship category. It's just simply an emotion. And I think sometimes people think of jealousy, like it's this big monster that we have to run away from as quickly as possible <laughs> or deny that we're even feeling it because I don't feel jealous, you know. And uh, and it, it, we can repress just something that's normal, natural emotion and then it comes out sideways. So yeah, so I guess uh, first I'd just like to point out that it's really just a feeling um, that we all are going to experience from time to time and it's even been shown in you know infants as early as six months old that they can experience jealousy. So it's innate as a human emotion that we're going to feel it from time to time.
1: And, and that's amazing and I'm so happy that you mentioned that because so many of our feelings and our emotions are natural and it's really just a matter of you know not feeling like there's anything wrong with you. If you're feeling jealousy uh, that's okay and as we're going to talk about over the rest of this episode, there are some ways that you can deal with it in a positive way uh, so it doesn't end up being something that's negative. Jealousy doesn't have to be a negative thing. So um, how and why, I guess maybe more, why do people
2: experience jealousy? Yeah, so I like to talk about that There's um, there can be five jealousy triggers just to kind of think of it in uh, a way that we can all understand. So one could be possessiveness. So you really want that thing or person or fill in the blank for yourself and you just don't want to share it with anyone else. Yeah. And <laughs> the idea of sharing might even feel very threatening to you. So that's one. And another is if You have low self-esteem or maybe uh, negative self-worth, so you might be afraid that you're not really good enough and that if your partner sees how wonderful somebody else is, then they might end up leaving you because that other person is better, prettier, sexier than you, and just all around better. So kind of like that um, kind of insecurity feeling. Another jealousy trigger could be um, the idea of control. So you might want your partner or partners to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it in a way that works for you. And, And that... That expression of kind of trying to exert any type of control or manipulation that can also go into an abusive place if it gets out of control. Mm-hmm. So those three are really all based on, you know, working on yourself or possibly working on if you have any type of insecurity. But it's two other jealousy triggers. One is just rational fear. So things might come up. So maybe you're spending less time with your partner or you end up doing a lot of the child care while your partner is off doing other fun things that you wish you could be doing or maybe just rational fear. Fear that somebody might try to steal your your partner, which can happen, you know. So that's just um, it is fear based, but it's it's rational fear based on um, things that actually could happen in real life. And another jealousy trigger is vulnerability. I mean, when we're going to be in relationships, we're putting our hearts in the line, we're falling in love, we're naturally making ourselves more vulnerable, so we can have um, fear of losing that relationship after we've really um, bonded with somebody, both emotionally or maybe our finances are intertwined. And then, you know, there are real threats out there. I mean, um, there are people that might, what I call cowgirls or cowboys, who might be trying to take our partner away from us to keep them for themselves so those are those are right kind of categorized as uh, the, the five main jealousy triggers you can think of them like five different buckets of why we might feel jealousy that's
1: hilarious i've never actually heard the term cowboys and cow and uh cowgirls oh, yeah. that uh-huh. way. <laughs> yeah, like they're trying to lasso them away you know so i love that nobody and it happens um, Yeah. And those are all very, you know, those are all normal things that could potentially happen. It, it's rare, I'm sure, but it, it could potentially happen. And those are everything you've mentioned, you know, uh, possessiveness, uh, the feeling, you, you know, wanting control over your partner, the relationship, um, you know, uh, feeling vulnerable. All of these things, I even, you know, like you said, also having low self-esteem, and I think a lot of us deal with different insecurities, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, uh, you know, body related, whether it's, you know, about our competencies and a variety of other things, it's, it is very normal to feel all of these different things at different levels throughout different phases of your relationship, even if you're in a monogamous or non-monogamous relationship. Absolutely. And so, just for a little bit of background, um, you identify as being polyamorous, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just, you know, for a lot of people who are listening right now, um, a lot of people who talk to me about their relationships and they're coming maybe from a more of a monogamous place, uh, they mentioned to me that uh, they feel they can never be in a non-monogamous relationship because they're too jealous. How would you respond to that?
2: Yeah, I've heard this before as well. And we could, you know, take it at face value. Maybe, maybe they're absolutely correct, you know, that it's at least possible that that's true for them, because we aren't them, right? We want to give them, you know, autonomy over their own life and their own situation. But I mean, if they wanted to have a conversation about it, I would say, you know, maybe just take a step back first away from jealousy and just talk about, you know, hey, you know, does monogamy work for you or, you know, are you, you know, could you possibly have any interest in being in a more open style relationship? Because I think it can really be more of a, I kind of both identify as polyamorous and for me, it's also a choice that I make. Mm -hmm. So it takes work, right? Like everything takes work. Um, Being in a healthy relationship, whether it's monogamous or polyamorous, but if you are going to choose polyamory or an open relationship, you are swimming upstream from society because you are in the minority, and we don't naturally know how to do that, so we're not naturally taught from a young age how to be in a multiple relationships in a healthy way, which is partly why I do the work that I do. Right? <laughs> um, but I mean, so you know, first you know i would say taking a step back to really you know think about it in terms of what do, what do i really want in my life you know do i want to have more than one relationship at a time can i you know would come kind of like as a later question and then in terms of you know i'm too jealous i couldn't do that i would just challenge that person if they are open to having a discussion or they at least you know pondering if maybe they want to have um, more than one relationship to, you know, think about like when we talk about anger management classes, right? So, you know, we know that if somebody is experiencing anger and it's maybe in a non-healthy way then maybe they have to go get anger management classes. So we know that we can learn better habits and learn better skills. And I would say the same is true for jealousy. We can learn better habits and learn better skills if we want to. I mean, if somebody doesn't want to, they're not going to learn it, right? You know, somebody's not going to change unless they, they decide that they want to change. But it is a skill that we can learn. We can learn to manage that emotion and handle ourselves in, in a way that we can move um, move through jealousy and get to a place of intimacy intimacy, intimacy and connection if we want to. And it, you're, you're right. It's if we want to. So we yeah. have to be willing
1: to make a change and to develop these skills in order to be able to have a successful relationship or multiple relationships uh, to ma- and in which you can manage your jealousy. But yes, you're right. That willingness is such a key part of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, you know, you can take a horse to water, you know, but you can't make them drink thing. so and, you know the, the person has to want to or they're not going to they're not going to put in the work. So um, and of course, you know, as we were talking about earlier, if somebody truly just simply chooses monogamy and that's how they identify, uh, then great. You know, but of course, you can still experience jealousy in a monogamous relationship as well.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's a really important thing to uh, to consider because um, I I think it was a conversation I had with Dr. Jess, and she was mentioning that people who are in uh, non monogamous relationships actually experience less jealousy than people in monogamous relationships. However, I'll also add to that that it's also possible that people who are in non monogamous relationships might go into non monogamous relationships because they tend to experience less jealousy than in people in monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. But all that being said, Everyone still experiences some form of jealousy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I actually when I wrote the book, I wasn't just thinking about intimate relationships. I've been dealing with jealousy showing up in my life from a very young age, you know, from friends and when I would get promoted and then people who got hired at the same time with me would get very angry about that and you know, express that as jealousy. But I've experienced it in friendships. You and I have talked about that. So yes. jealousy can show up in all all different areas of our life. I just wrote the book geared towards people in multiple relationships because we don't have a lot of tools, so I wanted to have another tool out there for people to use. Oh, wow, and you're so right about that, and I'm really excited that,
1: you know, we're going to talk about uh, talking about um, dealing with jealousy as a human thing, not yes. just as a relationship thing, but as, a, you know, learning all these skills to make us better adapted humans, no matter what situation that we might experience jealousy in, so... <laughs> (laughs) Absolutely. We're going to get to that in a second. We're just going to take a really quick break. So don't go away. You're listening to Seek, Discover, Create. Want to learn more about relationships, sex, and health and find new ways to spice up your sex life? Check out SDC.com. We'll guide you on your erotic journey with unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from experts like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, Dr. Nancy, and Sex Because. Visit SDC.com to discover and connect with your own erotic tribe and explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. You'll have tons of exclusive resources to start your exploration and continue along your your path to erotic self-discovery join over three million of our SDC members worldwide to seek discover and create with us today don't forget to use promo code 7070 for two months of free access to SDC.com that's 7070 to get two months free at SDC.
3: You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network.
4: also available on Amazon and SheVibe. You are
0: tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com. That's L-E-X-I at sdc.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover,
1: Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm here with Kitty Shambles, and we are talking about jealousy. And right before the break, we were talking about how everyone can experience jealousy, and it's not just exclusive to people who are in relationships, regardless of relationship. It's something that we can all feel in a lot of different contexts, Whether it's whether it's um, whether it's a career thing, whether it's with friendships, whether it's with our family members. There are lots of different instances where you might experience jealousy, and Kitty is going to tell us a little bit more about how we can cope with those things. So um, let's talk a little bit more though first about Jealousy in relationships. So can jealousy kind of ebb and flow over the course of relationships? You know, whether, you know, the, maybe it's a bit different toward the beginning, uh, maybe, the, you know, whether um, it, during the getting to know the person period, jealousy might be a little bit more of an issue versus when you feel a little bit more comfortable with them. Uh, is it something that happens when you're a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, unsure about the relationship itself that you might experience more jealousy? What has your experience kind of told you about that?
2: Yeah, I definitely think that jealousy can ebb and flow. And again, just like any other emotion, it would ebb and flow throughout our lives and throughout the course of a relationship. And I don't know if you went to Jessica Cooley's workshop when we were at Southwest Love Fest about secure attachment, but I think you you were nailing it on the head there, I think some of it comes from not only might we personally have some insecure feelings from time to time depending on what's going on but also a relationship could feel insecure so yeah so when we're establishing that relationship or we're falling in love and you know it's exciting but it's also scary you know Mm. I think those are moments where maybe we might feel a little bit more jealousy whereas maybe after a relationship has uh, feels more secure or it's stood the test of time or maybe you've already gone through some you know rough patches and you've built that trust and that sense of safety yeah maybe you might not experience jealousy quite as much Um, but also what's interesting about jealousy and I'm sure your listeners can relate to this is it can just knock you sideways when you least suspect it like you might think you're totally fine and then all of a sudden you're like whoa what is that you know you know, all of a sudden you're having a kind of a jealousy panic attack and, you know, that can happen too. So that's also why it's important to learn tools to be able to, you know, handle that and to know what to do, or at least it can be helpful to have tools so that you don't kind of accidentally damage your relationship by doing a a knee jerk or a destructive reaction. Oh, I
1: love that you said that. And if, you know, kind of just um, moving with that kind of idea, it can, I guess, jealousy can ebb and flow in, you know, the course of a singular relationship. But if you're in multiple relationships, um, can you be jealous in one and maybe not others, depending on, you know, where you're at. If you're just getting started, maybe you're like you were saying in terms of attachment, maybe if you're feeling insecure in one versus others, might you feel different levels of jealousy?
2: Absolutely. And I can talk about that firsthand in the sense that I have two partners. One is my husband and we've been together. This will be our 16th year together and our 13th year being married. And we just have a very you know, comfortable, like solid and secure relationship. We don't fight very much. It just, you know, it feels very safe and secure pretty much, almost all the time you know um, and then my other relationship is newer it's only about three and a half years old and he's married to somebody else and you know so it's it's newer and it's also kind of a more fiery and passionate relationship so um, so I think that also kind of means that sometimes the emotions maybe spike more you know um, mm-hmm. more if you think of it as a graph you know maybe that graph's more up and down whereas the relationship with my husband is kind of more even keel you know so I would say that that I've tended to feel jealousy more in that newer relationship. And I'm sure your listeners could identify that. Um, I mean, I would say the same even with friendships. You know, there's certain friendships, and I would even describe them the same way. You know, friendships that just feel like solid, rock solid, and, you know, I I 100% feel they've got my back. I trust that person a lot, you know, and then if there's somebody else where maybe they've broken your trust or, you know, there's been some bad times that never quite got resolved, you know, there might be um, jealousy mixed with anger, distrust, you know, things like that. So that's how it can also show up, I think, in, in other relationships too. Oh, that's very. I love
1: that you said that too, because um, trust and jealousy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you you know, when you have when you feel something and you've perceived that uh, the other person has, um, you know, maybe violated your trust in, in some way, but you've never really talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have that resentment uh, built up a little bit, in addition to possible feelings of jealousy in in regarding whatever it is that you might uh, feel that emotion for, but. I really love that you said that Uh, you can really have uh, a lot of different feelings that are mixed into any relationship or friendship, feeling a more secure attachment, maybe in one relationship that even keelness, uh, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people feel even in a monogamous relationship. But like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean that during the course of that more even keel relationship, you might not, (laughs) like like you said before, out of the blue, uh, just kind of experience those feelings of jealousy. Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So are jealousy coping strategies different for people who are in different kinds of relationships? Let's say monogamous versus non-monogamous versus open versus poly?
2: <sighs> That's a tough one to answer. I would say it's it's kind of like it depends, you know, okay. um, I would say, you know, in some ways, when we're talking about emotion management or emotion regulation, you know, that's kind of the same across the board. It's just relationships, right? It's just like, how do we have healthy relationships and how do we have mindfulness and emotional intelligence in how we handle ourselves out in the world and in those relationships? But where I would say it could be different from monogamous to non-monogamous is Non-monogamy is really centered around the concept of abundance versus scarcity. And I feel like that's also where jealousy can come from sometimes is um, coming from that place of scarcity, like there isn't enough for me. Um, And so when we think about going from monogamy to non-monogamy, like a lot of us sometimes do, because we're kind of brought up in a monogamous world, and sometimes we have to learn about non-monogamy as we get older... In some ways, we may have to deprogram some of those mono, monogamous sort of thoughts, and some of those monogamous thoughts are around scarcity, and then kind of reprogram ourselves to think about, okay, so apparently I could practice consensual non-monogamy or polyamory, so how do I do that? Well, I, apparently I might have to unlearn a whole bunch of things, you know, whether that's um, scarcity or you know whatever those ideas are, and kind of relearn some other things, and also to learn that as you, we started to say at the beginning of this recording that we're not wrong just for feeling jealousy. It's just an emotion. Mm-hmm. So also, kind of learning acceptance about okay. So if I am going to decide to practice consensual monogamy, um, this is going to be a roller coaster, and I better hold on. And you know, I'm probably <laughs> going to have to learn some new skills. You know, so hopefully that answers your question. It's kind of like a and it depends thing. I, I love that. And you were talking about deprogramming certain
1: things and go. Going from, and you were talking about Jessica Cooley, and I mean, I, I did sit in on one of her other workshops mm-hmm. uh, during uh, Southwest Love Fest, and uh, she was talking about how moving from a monogamous to a polyamorous place, you have to kind of, um, you're, you're framing things in a bit of a different way. So, like you mentioned, so the concept of abundance versus scarcity is one of those things going moving from one to the other, but um, also the idea of uh, things that you, you mentioned as being triggers for jealousy, like possessiveness. Or the control over your or your, over your relationship, those things might come into question a little bit more if you are leaning more toward going into an, uh, a consensually non-monogamous uh, relationship, because those things are not. At st- stable anymore. You're not with necessarily just one partner. So there are other elements of control that are maybe a little bit um, lacking. So that could stimulate potential feelings of jealousy as well. Uh, the idea of sharing your partner, uh, right. which obviously, <laughs> or sharing your partner or feeling like your partner is, um, I guess, I, I hate saying it this way, but your possession, that they're yours right. to, um, you, to have and you don't really want anyone else to experience the same things that you're experiencing. If you're in a non-monogamous relationship, that those things are <laughs> natural. It's going to happen that you are going to be sharing. Your partner is going to be sharing their time with somebody yeah. else.
2: So yeah, the only thing I would I would add there, you use the word um, stable, and it, it made me think. Like sometimes I think we have the illusion of stability or safety in a monogamous relationship because you know we know how many people are cheating out there, right? Because <laughs> <I mean, laughs> people listen. To this- <laughs> we're cheating right now um so you know i think sometimes we have this you know it's important i think to understand that there can be an illusion of stability and safety in a monogamous relationship whereas if if one is kind of consciously practicing consensual non-monogamy and is really doing their best to stand by values of integrity and honesty and things like that you know Sure. Is it scary? You know, and does it do you You know, is there feelings of jealousy that might come up or feelings of, oh, my God, I'm not safe. I'm not secure. Yes. But also those things could be the case in monogamy, too. Um, but sometimes we may not be aware if our partner might be cheating on us. So I just want to underscore that. Oh, I love that. Thank you very much for underscoring that. Cause you're right. It is not <laughs> you you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And not to, to scare anybody, but you know, it's just, you know, the statistics are that, you know, um people cheat, you know. <laughs> it's true. People cheat also in polyamorous relationships, by the way, you know. So I guess the point is. You know, to it is really important to build up your own sense of safety and security within yourself, regardless of what's going on in your relationships. I guess is probably the main point there.
1: Ooh, I love that! And yeah. we're going to explore a little bit more of, um, you know, kind of framing that um, and using some of those techniques um, that you're going to be talking about soon uh, to it, to kind of diffuse those feelings of jealousy. Mm-hmm. So don't go away. You're listening to Seek, Discover, Create. We'll be right back after this quick break. Explore your lectuality on my website, alexisilver.com. For those of you who are just getting to know me, you'll be pleased to find my erotic stories and a variety of kinky sex stories on my site. If you dare to enter my playground, I'll treat you to 15% off anything you desire when you use promo code LexiSDC. That's L-E-X-I-S-D-C. And don't be shy. Come get Lectual with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. You'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter
4: as Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. also available on Amazon and SheVibe.
3: The Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network is where you can build a new vocabulary to talk about sex in a healthy, loving, and productive way. Discover more about yourself and your relationships from our amazing sex experts who can't wait to share their information with you. You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about sex, sexuality, sexual pleasure, and so much more on the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. Listen, learn, and live sexy.
0: are tuned in to seek discover create with lexi silver if you have a question or comment about the show we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com that's l-e-x-i at sdc.com now back to this week's discussion Welcome back to
1: Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver and I'm here with Kitty Shambliss and we are talking about how to deal with jealousy. And I love the conversation we've been having so far. It's been um, very eye-opening, I think, uh, for for me and it was especially when I was in your workshop uh, to think about all the different circumstances and potential triggers for jealousy, um, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or, or whatnot. Um, and I... I love that you were talking about how jealousy is something that, you know, it's an emotion and we can feel it in lots of different contexts. So in your book, which I love, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, I, you talk about how jealousy can be expressed constructively or disruptively. I love that. Um, I love that difference there. But can mm-hmm. you elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah.
2: So, disruptive jealousy. What I mean by that is, if we are particularly if we're feeling some of those um, those jealousy triggers, like possessiveness, or um, dealing with issues of self worth, or possibly feeling um, issues around control. Some some disruptive ways that we could show up in our relationship, especially if we think of the other person as an unwanted rival. We could do things like um, acting out. So, you know, maybe screaming or making demands and I say demands versus requests, you know, when we're trying to, you know, get control back in the relationship Um, and generally just um, possibly damaging our relationship by reacting uh, without really thinking through what we're doing. Um, Thinking that, you know, I'm uncomfortable, so therefore I have a right to just do and say anything I want right now, and, you know, you have to just stop doing X because that's making me uncomfortable, and therefore it's your fault, you know, starting to blame the other person for mm-hmm. the way we're feeling. There's lots of different um, ways that we could be disruptive. Um, also... It could also show up as um, viewing, like I said, viewing the other person as an unwanted rival and taking action to possibly remove them. Or also it might show up as punishing or a partner for interacting possibly with somebody else, their new love interest. So it can also show up as like that kind of emotional punishment.
1: And I mean, none of that sounds like it's very positive for the relationship or on a personal level.
2: Right. Yeah. You're also, you're making yourself upset and causing stress and anxiety for yourself as well as, yeah, possibly damaging the relationship, whether it's eroding trust or eroding safety. So, um, so I can contrast that with showing up constructively, which can really be more like taking um, taking a pause and doing some inner work and really, you know, thinking about getting curious about, you know, hmm, where is this coming from? Let me kind of, you know, be inquisitive with myself and having the skills to be able to take that pause and then eventually coming to, um, to a conversation once you've gotten to a better place so that, you can possibly connect with your partner in, in a more positive way. Having that insight, that understanding, that self-understanding
1: that you need to take that pause, that you need to uh, do that inner work, that is not, um, it doesn't come very easily necessarily. And I think I was talking about this when I was a guest on your podcast as well, that before you enter a non-monogamous relationship, you really need to do some work in thinking about what it is, uh, who you are, and what it is that you hope to um, get out of your or your relationships, why why it is that you might want to go into a non-monogamous relationship. And um, even also in Jessica Cooley's, uh, one of her workshops as well, she mentioned that having that ability to understand yourself and know exactly, well, I mean, we never know who exactly who we are, uh, but getting a better feel for um, who, who we are and maybe things that we need to work on. Um, how, if you... I mean, really uh, not quite there in terms of your inner work. How can you uh, recognize that maybe the, the, the issue is within yourself versus it's your partner's fault for everything?
2: Well, I heard uh, one little way to think about this is the rule of three, which is if you, you know, if you're in a situation and you start maybe complaining or blaming Uh, partner A, and, you know, it's all their fault because of this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then you start doing that again with uh, another partner or person in your life. Uh, It's very similar complaints. Well, that might be just a coincidence that it happened with those two people. But if you find yourself then complaining and blaming a third person, kind of having some of those same complaints, well, after about three, and you know, (laughs) three times you're doing it, you might want (laughs) to, You know, think about, hey, you know, what's the common denominator here? Um, Me, I'm the common denominator. (laughs) (laughs) So that could be, you know, a light bulb moment of, oh, shoot, you know, maybe this is a pattern that I'm experiencing, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe – worth taking a look at myself to see, um, you know, instead of blaming other people for what's going on, you know, I am 50% of each of those relationships. You know, maybe there's a pattern that I can explore that would be helpful not only to me, but for these other people in my life as well. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And yeah. being able to recognize that and do your own inner work is great for you personally so you don't feel all of these things. You're learning how to work through them. Um, yeah. but Also, it's, it's definitely way healthier for your relationships. Yeah, yeah. So let's say we're talking still about like a kind of a non-monogamous relationship um, and your partner is going out or they've just come back from a date with somebody else um, or, you know, you're all living together in a a polycule and, you know, they're spending time with someone else versus you. Um, How can you manage your jealousy when you know that your partner is spending time with someone that's not you? And you maybe don't have, like, you're, you're not necessarily going on a date that night, or uh, maybe you are, but you're still kind of preoccupied with this. How can you manage
2: that before they go out and when they come back? There's lots of different ways, and that's some of the things that we went over in the workshop and that yeah. are in my, my book. But I would say the, the first one I'd like to mention is to really get clear about what your values are. So if you are in a consensually non-monogamous relationship and you're, you're choosing that, you know, purposefully, you know, meaning like you're not kind of pushed or coerced into doing that, then think about what your values are. You know, you can really take some time to think about that. So maybe your values are integrity. Um, Maybe your values are connection or intimacy. Maybe it's family or honesty and think about, you know, (laughs) I always love the, uh, I don't know if you like, um, South Park but I always love that phrase what would Brian Boitano do that they (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, well you could think about it in terms of like think about what your values are and then you know kind of turn that on its head like what would a person who really embraced these values or who maybe is experienced at, um, at consensual non-monogamy or polyamory, you know, how would, how would they think about this? How would they react to this and kind of just think about like embracing those values. So for example, you know, my values are integrity and honesty. So um, making like a commitment to yourself, like I'm, I'm really committed to having healthy relationships with um, with my partners in my consensually non-monogamous relationships and really working towards honoring my values of integrity and honesty and connection and just, showing that love to my partner, like really kind of doubling down mm-hmm. on what it is that you want and kind of feel it in your heart and in your soul. And then it'll just kind of naturally come from you a little bit more. Like, because I think so, t- so many times we can just start circling the drain of whether it's negativity or, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, and, and it's so easy to get spun up in kind of like a negative froth, froth about all of that. Mm-hmm. And takes work um, to kind of counteract kind of the, those, that draining energy, but we can. It just takes practice and hard work. So I would say that the first thing is kind of that commitment to whatever your core values are. And another thing I talk about is um, there's techniques called diffusion techniques where we can just simply start to understand that we have thoughts and we have feelings and they're valid and real, but we are not the sum of our thoughts and our feelings. We have more control over that than we give ourselves credit for. And so there's various techniques that one can practice to kind of get more in a place of observation of our thoughts and our feelings instead of kind of being like right in it in the moments. Um, another thing is just practicing, um, empowering beliefs, like learning how to kind of turn limiting beliefs around into empowering beliefs. So a limiting belief might be something, say, left over from monogamy, where maybe you might have those feelings of, you know, I own my partner, you know, they're not allowed to do that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, changing that into, um... I I share my partner willingly with other people in the world because um, I love them and other people should get to experience how wonderful they are as well. You know, kind of like turning that around into into something that gives you more strength. And and I would say the last thing um, to just talk about briefly here is it's okay to talk about it you know, to talk about what your feelings are honestly and ask for what you need, you know, so to, to really maybe embrace courage and say, Hey, you know, um, before you go out on the date night, it would really help me if um, you'd be willing to consider maybe texting me a couple hours from now, or um, maybe before you go out, you could give me a little bit of reassurance. If that felt good to you, is that something that you're willing to do and just kind of ask for what you need. And I know sometimes that can feel really, really scary but I think it's important to realize that you can give yourself permission to to ask for what you need and but be willing to hear yes or no because if you're not willing to hear no then you're not really asking you're demanding (laughs) (laughs) that's something to keep in mind too but uh one quote I always love is that Part of our success in life is, is partly determined by the number of uncomfortable conversations we're willing to have. Mm. So be willing to have what might be an uncomfortable conversation and be open-minded. Like maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised that maybe you'll feel more connected after that conversation or more understood after that conversation. So um, that can be just something to, to really keep in mind. Oh, that's amazing! That's all. Those are all such great
1: tips and strategies to kind of manage those feelings that are, you know, they're bound to happen at yeah. one point or another. So, oh mm-hmm. wow! And we're going to get into a little bit more advice um, that I, I want you to share with uh, with our listeners right now. But uh, we're just going to take a really quick break. So don't go away. You are listening to Seek, Discover, Create. Explore the decadent pleasures of Ibiza, our provocative new SDC getaway that fuses sumptuous relaxation with the liveliness of the island's world-renowned nightlife. Over five hedonistic nights, you'll savor the unique local flavors and spectacular views. And we're not just talking about the Mediterranean seascapes. Throughout our exclusive SDC takeover, you can indulge in the experience of being surrounded by seductive, like-minded international couples in the lifestyle. Connect with guests in our erotic play areas, clothing-optional pools, jacuzzis, and beautiful beaches, and immerse yourself in the youthful Ibiza party lifestyle with our glamorous SDC theme nights. Create memories that will last a lifetime in our latest Spanish escapade in Santa Eulalia del Rio from September 21st to the
3: 26th. Book your rooms now at SDC.com. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles and videos and keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. The Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network is where you can build a new vocabulary to talk about sex in a healthy, loving, and productive way. Discover more about yourself and your relationships from our amazing sex experts who can't wait to share their information with you. You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about sex, sexuality, sexual pleasure, and so much more on the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network listen learn and live sexy
0: you are tuned in to seek discover create with lexi silver if you have a question or comment about the show we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com that's l-e-x-i at sdc.com now back to this week's discussion You're listening to Seek, Discover,
1: Create. I'm Lexi Silver and I am here with Kitty Shambliss and we are talking about jealousy, rather how to deal with jealousy in your relationships. So uh, we, uh, right before the break, we were just talking about some constructive ways to manage your jealousy um, and versus disruptive ways to manage or not manage <laughs> your jealousy. And I'm, I'm very curious and I had a question from uh, one of my listeners uh, just uh, just last week about this. Is it possible, to go from feeling jealous in a relationship to instead start to experience compersion, which is um, for, for people who are listening who don't know what compersion is, it's that uh, feeling of happiness uh, for your partner that they're able to experience uh, whatever they're experiencing with somebody other than you. So is it possible to kind of go from one to the other to over time with like inner work and um, you know work in your relationship as well?
2: Absolutely. And I love that you have the word possible in your question because <laughs> it really comes down to possibilities and having an open mind and knowing that anything is possible. So absolutely it's possible. I think the important thing to remember is again, it's normal and healthy and it's okay to feel jealousy and with compersion it's also okay to feel compersion and it's also okay to not feel compersion. You know, like that's also, it's we're not taught, you know, compersion naturally necessarily when we're young. So, it, but it can be something that is learned over time. But I think the other thing to keep in mind is just like we don't go to the gym and expect to, you know, overnight all of a sudden drop 20 pounds and have six pack abs, you know, these things do take time. So if we are learning new habits or new skills or our relationship is developing trust and a sense of safety, um, or we're, we're just kind of navigating our own processes around, you know, maybe we're learning consensual non-monogamy and practicing that for the first time. You know, these things can take time. So, you know, so just to give yourself some patience and some grace, you know, even also if you maybe fall down and you need to pick yourself up again, but, you know, it's also important to give ourselves grace in the sense that we typically are raised in a culture that is based on monogamy. So we are conditioned uh, to react with jealousy because we think that we're supposed to have, you know, that one, the magic, the, you know, the soulmate and anything outside of that is (laughs) settling and threatening so you know so the idea of being happy seeing your partner um, finding joy with somebody else can really take some getting used to so you know just to to be patient with yourself and to know that it's a journey and to um, to think about you know really practicing some courage and to value the journey more than just the comfort in the moment
1: if that makes sense. It definitely does. And that also goes back to what you were saying about, you know, kind of uh, deprogramming or reprogramming certain thoughts that you might have had uh, in a more uh, monogamous uh, time or just because of the fact that we are surrounded mostly by models of people who are in monogamous relationships. So those conditioned societal values um, are definitely uh, hard. It's difficult to kind of deprogram that, but (laughs) it's definitely necessary as part of the work that has to get done in order to manage your, your jealousy. And Absolutely. is it possible to, you know, experience both jealousy and compersion, maybe at different rates or different times within a singular relationship?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, I can say from my own personal experience, I mean, you know, just like anything else, like when we we're talking about the ebb and flow, I mean, you know, we all have good days and bad days, and we all have good moments and bad moments, you know, like, we sometimes we wake up and we're like oh my god i feel so fat today i'm having a bad hair day everything's wrong today you know so Days like that, right? You might be feeling more insecure and more jealous. Mm-hmm. And other days, where you're like, "Oh my God, today is awesome!" You know, I just got a raise, and this amazing thing just happened over here, and this person just told me they love me, and you know, and I, you know, those days might be a day where you find it very easy to feel compersion and feel very generous and grateful. You know, um, so yeah, I definitely think that it can um, you can feel them on the same day, and you know, some. Sometimes we feel multiple emotions at the same time, too. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right about
1: that. Yeah. And like you were saying before, it is a journey, right? Um, so on your journey, you might have some, you know, little rocks in your way. You might have some stumbling blocks. You might have to, you might get lost a little bit and have to kind of go back in the opposite direction. And all of those things are okay. You have to give yourself that space and that permission to kind of go backwards a little bit if it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people who feel like they maybe can't or shouldn't, they feel like they maybe shouldn't tell their partner that they're feeling jealous?
2: I would say to, we we touched on it a little bit, I'll I'll expand on a little bit now, but to realize that, again, it's okay to have those feelings. And sometimes you might be able to go inward and get curious about your emotions and, practice self-compassion and some kindness with yourself, Mm -hmm. but if you do feel like maybe it would be helpful or healthy for you to talk about it, whether it would be, you know, helpful for you to maybe get your feelings off your chest, or maybe to feel like you're being authentic to either yourself or in the relationship, or maybe transparency is one of your values, and you want to be a little bit transparent about what you're going through, or maybe you want to ask for help, Um, or also maybe you feel that your partner is possibly confused about why you're acting a certain way or what you just said a moment ago (laughs) where'd that come from you know so maybe you might need to um, talk about it to kind of either clear the air or come to a place of really understanding each other or getting in each other's shoes you mentioned empathy earlier Mm -hmm. so maybe um, it's a moment where some empathy needs to be created between the two of you to get to a deeper intimacy or also to create that safe container for your relationship to have that safety. So I think, it can be really important to give yourself permission to talk about your feelings, even though it's scary. So I would say it might be one of those moments where it might be, um, you know, to kind of pull up your, your big girl or your big boy panties and, you know, um, kind of take a deep breath and um, muster up some courage And remember that your partner cares about you. They love you. They're choosing to be in that relationship with you. And, you know, they may be really excited to talk about what your needs are or what you're going through. And they may have ideas to help you work through it that you hadn't even thought of before. So, you know, think about what awesome outcome, you know, think about what the outcome you want out of that conversation and maybe Take you know vision for a little bit about you know what would that conversation look like if it were to go really beautifully, or you know think about you showing up to that conversation, um, you know as centered as you possibly can be, knowing that if you get triggered, you know you can take a couple deep breaths or you can pause for a moment and have faith in yourself, you know believe in yourself that you can have a healthy and good conversation, and you know what if you if it doesn't go exactly the way you want. Or it goes a little sideways again to you know practice self forgiveness like, hey, I'm learning here, you know, I'm gonna give myself some grace and remember these things take time and. Um, I learned something about my partner, like, you know, focus on the positive of what happened in that conversation and I learned something. And as long as I learn something, I'm growing and I'm doing a great job and that'll just give me that much more information so that the next conversation I have can be um, that much better. I think it's also really important to come from that place of generosity, gratitude and forgiveness, both for yourself and for your partner. Also to counteract guilt and shame that we sometimes feel when things don't go the way that we really wanted them to go or if we're feeling maybe guilty for feeling jealousy or ashamed you know it's it's really important to um to practice that self-forgiveness and that acceptance for yourself and your journey that hey you know this is part of the growth process um and to you know really pat yourself on the back for trying, especially if you're trying to live an alternative lifestyle because, you know, that's hard. It doesn't mean you can't do it, but it can be challenging and sometimes it is helpful to um, to listen to podcasts like this or to find a mentor along the way to help you through those journeys.
1: Oh my God, I love everything you're saying and you're right about the mentor part. Um, we were talking about the, uh, what would uh, Brian Boitanu do? Yeah. <laughs> what I, was, I was telling you before, a um,
2: at the break that
1: uh, often I think, what would Kitty do? (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so completely honored to be your Brian Boitano. (laughs) Oh, thanks.
1: And you could be other people's Brian Boitano too, I feel. And you were talking about mentoring and I know you do coaching. So uh, we are wrapping up our podcast right now, but I would love for you to tell our listeners right now how they can get in touch with you to learn more about all of these
2: amazing skills and strategies Absolutely. There's multiple ways to get a hold of me. I would say if anyone listening is struggling themselves with feelings of jealousy or shame or you know anger or resentment and they want to talk to me, I'd be happy to offer to your listeners that they can go to lovingwithoutboundaries.com slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y, and I'm happy to talk to them for free, offer a free Um, conversation, consultation, whatever you'd like to to call it, and on that call, we can talk about what it is you're struggling with and what you think might be getting in the way of your success, and we can also talk about where you'd ideally like to be, and then we can talk about how to close that gap from point A to point B. So, that's one way to get a hold of me. You also can just go to my website to learn more about my work and find my blog and my podcast at Loving Without boundaries.com and also there is my book jealousy survival guide how to feel safe happy and secure in an open relationship and you can uh, find that on amazon in both print and kindle version and i'm going to be putting out the audible version of that very soon Oh,
1: nice! Yeah. Well, congratulations on all of your amazing accomplishments, and I know you've uh, just also joined the uh, C and M task force. The oh, C&M yes, the anatomy task force. It's amazing. Like you don't have enough to do, right? Let's. see. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, you know, just crossing my fingers, I can figure out how to add that in. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it though, and totally honored. Oh, I'm so happy for you.
1: And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule today to talk to all of us about this.
2: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And Lexi, I just I love your energy and your enthusiasm and all the amazing work that you're putting out in the world, too. So thank you for all the work that you're doing as well.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's listening today. You can tune in on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sexy Lifestyle Network for my next show. And you can stay up to date with my podcast and download and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. And don't forget, you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at SDC.com. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on SDC Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye.
0: We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.